acorns jumping off my Chinese house. Two ducks in my spyglass, furry as a mouse. It's a suey nature, a suey nature thing. It's a suey nature, a suey nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing. Welcome to Yarns at Yin Hu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 187, Where's My Yarn? Sunday, December 17th, 2017. I'm your host, Sarah. You can find me on social media as Sarah Pomegranate. The Yarns at Who podcast has a Facebook page, and it's available on iTunes. Each week, I post show notes, photographs, and links to things I talk about on my website, yarnsatyinhu.com. Today's episode features the following segments, the back porch, the front porch, and a contest giveaway. Hello and happy holidays. I hope you've been having a lot of fun with friends and family and enjoying the season. We've had an unusual amount of snow and snowy days here in northeastern Pennsylvania. Usually we don't see that much snow prior to Christmas, but we've had accumulating snow and light dustings. Friday evening was absolutely gorgeous with a beautiful soft snowfall. Samuel and I went to Morristown locally in New Jersey and had an incredible meal at South and Pine. It's an open kitchen concept. We had a full view of the chef and all of the kitchen staff and an absolutely incredible meal. And we saw a performance of the New Jersey Ballet doing the Nutcracker, which featured at least one of my former students and a current student as well. So that was a lot of fun and super Christmassy and wonderful. I've also spent some time this week with my student fiber artists. In December, we're on the second stage of our process. We began by scouring fleece, and students brought their scoured fleece with them to the second session where we began by just examining some of the differences between the raw and the scoured fleece. And then we talked about its different properties and reviewed some of the terms and terminology from the previous session. We began by just using our hands to mimic a carding process And then we moved on to using hand cards. I have a few different sets of hand cards so they could process this Chiviat fleece into ghost bats. They caught on to the process right away. 
and were able to card all of their fiber into ghost bats. A few of them already know how to spin from previous after-school sessions, but a few will need to learn spinning techniques with a suspended spindle. So that will be the next step of our fiber arts seminars. And it was just, it was such a wonderful groove and a pace and it's evident how much tranquility the fiber arts brings to the conversation and the atmosphere. As soon as we started handling the fiber, this calm settled over everyone. And uh, it was very, very enjoyable. The students caught on very quickly. And I look forward to continuing work with them. I did take a picture of the table with the various stages of their ghost bats in progress and I will add that to the show notes. The back porch. This week I completed knitting and finishing work on the Deshane sweater. It's a design by Leela Robb and I knit this sweater in Green Mountain Spinnery's Cotton Comfort Yarn, which is 80% wool and 20% organic cotton. It's an absolutely beautiful yarn to work with. It's warm. It's a little bit tweedy, has quite a bit of texture to it. It's light and moves nicely through your hands. I did not completely block, but just steam blocked the finished product and it works up very nicely and needs very little in the way of blocking to have really nice drape and shape. There's quite a bit of, I think the cotton helps uh, this yarn have a little more drape than a 100% wool yarn. And I think it's a really great choice for this layering piece. Deshane is an oversized sweater with a shale lace pattern in the front panel and there are drop stitches in that pattern so the front center sort of drops down below the stockinette stitch on either side. I took a few liberties with the pattern which was a gift from Mary Beth and she has also knit herself this sweater and is getting a lot of wear out of it. So I began as directed, uh, except that I used a U.S. size 9 needles rather than the 10 and a half because my yarn was not as bulky as the yarn that's called for. And I knit the smallest size. I followed all directions, knitting down the front, and I did six repeats of the lace. Then I just left that hanging on some waste yarn, and I picked up along the shoulder seam. I used a cable cast on to cast on stitches for the the back neck, 
and then I picked up more stitches for the other shoulder and I knit down in stockinette stitch adding a little bit of short row shaping at the back neck. I knit down until I had about the same amount of knitting that I did for the front and then I joined that up with the front and just knit around in stockinette and left that on longer needles. My goal was to make this sweater as long as possible because some of the project notes had indicated it's a little short. It's a cropped sweater, but still you want it to look like a sweater. So I decided to knit the sleeves so that all of the remaining yarn could be dedicated back to the body of the sweater. I picked up and followed directions for knitting the sleeves, and I really like the sleeve directions. They have a nice shape. They're not too tight. They're not too loose. I knit them, and then I bound off for the sleeves, and then I went back to knitting in the round for the body of the sweater. And I needed to alter things a little bit because the directions are for knitting flat. So I needed to do some pearl rows where there were garter ridges. And I completed um, a bit of short row shaping along the back to add length to the back. And then two repeats of the border instead of just one. And I needed to bind off in a purl stitch because I didn't have enough to complete a purl round and then bind off. I knew I didn't have enough yarn. And as it turned out, I had less than a yard of yarn left at the finish, which was great. It was an excellent game of yarn chicken. I felt victorious and I set that project aside so that I could seam it up and do the finishing work another time because there were the sleeves were complete but there were sort of gaping holes on either side of the body where I needed to seam up the front and the back. So on Saturday morning I went downstairs to make some coffee and finish up this sweater and really try it on. And I could not find that piece of yarn that I had left. I looked everywhere. I thought, okay, it's stuck to the sweater and I'm shaking the sweater and I'm looking on the floor and I'm looking in my project bag. And then I started digging in the garbage and then I thought, oh, did Samuel throw that away? Did he use it for something? I didn't want to wake him up. I could not find this yarn. And I really needed it to seam up the sweater. So I kept thinking about it and I decided, okay, first I'll just weave in all of the ends. And I had some pretty generous ends that I had left hanging in various places. I'll weave in the ends. I'll see what I have and see if that's enough to seam. So on the one side, there was enough yarn from where I had left off to seam that side. And on the other side, I needed to felt a few pieces together to have enough to seam the side. 
which isn't easy with a 20% cotton yarn because it doesn't want to spit splice that easily. And I was like fighting with it and doing my mattress stitch and trying not to get any puckers or bulges or anything like that. And finally I had it all done. And I stood up to slip it over my pajamas and see how it looked in the mirror. And I felt something under my foot. And that piece of waste yarn had been stuck to the bottom of my sock that whole time. Found it. So (laughs) I managed to cobble together enough scraps of yarn to mattress stitch that up without using my yarn chicken leftovers. It was pretty funny. I am so pleased with the shape and the fit of this sweater. It looks absolutely fabulous over a sleeveless dress. I was wearing it yesterday with my knit dress that's a variant on the Endless Summer Tunic with this sweater draped over the front. It's just nice and wide and swingy. It falls about to my natural waist. It's warm without being cloying. I think it's like a three season, maybe even an all season sweater. It has a nice dark color. I chose the eggplant color, which is sort of uh, It's a very deep chocolatey brown with just a little haze of purple, a tinge of purple to it, which goes, it's great as a neutral. It goes with a lot of different things. Like I said, a really fantastic layering piece, enough to be warm, but it doesn't feel hot. It doesn't feel prickly or itchy. Um, because wearing it with a sleeveless dress means that a lot of the fabric is touching my skin and it just feels really wonderfully comfortable. And I'm so pleased with this garment. I, it's easy to make. It wasn't very time intensive and it didn't take a ton of yardage either. I used four skeins of Cotton Comfort I think that would be my choice if I were to knit it again, although any worsted weight could really be awesome. It might be even fun in Samite to maybe go up a size in the pattern and drop down another few needle sizes. That could be beautiful too. The silk in the Samite would have a wonderful drape. So I... I knit this pattern because I saw so many people wearing it in different weights and with different kinds of layering and outfits at Rhinebeck that it just seemed really appealing to me. And I'm ever so pleased that I decided to do it. And I think it's a great piece to add to my handmade wardrobe. It will take me through many seasons and is a lot of fun to wear. That's Deshane. It's a cropped sweater top oversized by Leela Robb.
I've been looking back over my year of making and looking ahead, making goals for 2018. 2017 was year three of my mostly handmade wardrobe journey. And I loosely set a goal for myself with my knitting this year to focus on making garments and not to get distracted by shawl knitting. I say distracted because there's always a gorgeous new shawl pattern beckoning. Larger shawls have been the fashion for quite a while now and that often means about as much yarn and about as much effort and time as it takes to knit a garment. I have a lot of shawls and I decided that I'd really like to spend my energy working on pieces for my mostly handmade wardrobe rather than be distracted by all the new shawls every day. And in 2017, I did not knit any shawls. I did knit a poncho, but I consider that more of a garment since I have been wearing it only as a poncho. It's more clothing, I think, than accessory. And no traditionally shaped asymmetrical or triangle shawls or crescents or anything like that. No shawls for a whole year. And so now when I think about 2018, I think about casting on a shawl and I've been planning for it actually for quite some time. Allison was the one who first told me about Caitlin Hunter's patterns and opened my eyes to her beautiful designs. I really like the aesthetic. And Allison gave me the gift of the Ora shawl pattern. Slowly, I've been plotting and planning and accumulating enough beautiful Samite yarn in three different colors to knit this Ora shawl. And I plan a New Year's cast on for this shawl. And I think Allison will be joining me. I know Mary Beth will be joining me. And I invite anyone else who's interested to cast on the aura. If you've seen it, you've probably fallen in love with it. It's a big shawl. It's um, wonderfully accented with tassels. It's triangular shaped, so there's a large tassel at the point and at each end. And then there are two rows of tassels on the shawl itself. It has a beautiful cable going down the center spine and some texture as well. It's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's I don't know. I just, I'm very attracted to it. And I've been thinking about it since summertime and I'm still excited to knit it. Sometimes with a pattern, you might 
be really excited about it for a few weeks. And then over time, if you don't start working on it, it kind of loses its appeal. And that has not happened with the Ora shawl. So I will be casting that on in January. And of course, in looking at the different projects for this shawl and Caitlin Hunter's patterns in general, I have three other Caitlin Hunter designs picked out that I would also like to knit in the new year or maybe even starting before. I have the cardamom coffee hat and ulu mitts patterns, both of which I plan to knit with uh, brushwork yarn. I have three colors of that yarn and I will need to do a little bit of manipulation because brushwork is a sport yarn and neither of those patterns calls for sport weight yarn. So some adjustments will definitely be necessary, but I think that brushwork is so versatile because it has a lot of heft to it. I think you could knit it at multiple gauges and and get a good result. And then I've had three skeins of really beautiful taconic twist yarn from Wing and a Prayer Farm. I made this purchase at the New Hampshire Sheep and Wool Festival. I bought the beautiful hand-dyed purple color. I think it's logwood. I'm not 100% sure now. I haven't looked at this yarn in quite a while. It's been on my shelf in stash. And I think it would be really perfect for Tegna, which is a cropped sweater. In terms of shape, it has a lot in common with the Duchesne, but Tegna is designed to be knit in a fingering weight yarn. Tammy's Taconic Twist is a sport weight yarn, so some adjustments will be needed. Another difference between the two garments is that Tegna has a beautiful lace design at the border and then is plain stockinette for the body and the sleeves. It's intended to have short sleeves, but if I have enough yarn, I think I'll make them perhaps a little bit longer because I really just like the comfort and the length of the sleeves on that Duchesne sweater. So those those four patterns are really knocking at my door in terms of wanting to be knit and I just have colors and yarn that I think will be beautiful and I think they'll work right into some existing outfits that I have. Those are my knitting plans for the new year and my sewing plans include Continued research on a blazer pattern. Emily of Fibertown has been very helpful in sending me pattern ideas, so I just keep looking and searching, trying to find the right blazer pattern. I have the ginger skirt picked out, so I'm looking for something that will pair well with that. Um, So some sort of soft suiting option for Year four of my Mostly Handmade wardrobe is certainly in order, and I have continued to enjoy working with knits. So even though I don't have an interest 
just yet in the Alabama Channon, like multiple layers and um, designs painted on and, and cutting out pieces. In terms of using hand stitching with knits and the fit and the flatter of working with knit fabric, that does interest me. So I think Alabama, Alabama Channon pieces are usually known for like the ornate quality, but there's really a lot more going on with them than just the embellishment. The structure and the use of hand stitching to give the pieces a lot of integrity and personalization is also very important. And so I also plan in year four of my mostly handmade wardrobe to continue to combine machine sewing with hand stitching to add a few versatile pieces to my wardrobe. Knits are just so comfortable and versatile. With my commercially made clothing, I do buy a lot of knits or I I have <laughs> purchased a lot of knits and I'm I'm still wearing them and coordinating them with my handmade pieces. So I think to make some of those things myself would be a really big wardrobe boost. And they go pretty quickly. I was surprised how quickly the the tunic, uh, sleeveless tunic came together. So that will also be in my plans for 2018. I have a giveaway to announce this week. It's sponsored by Fibercrafty. I met the originator of Fibercrafty, Pam Marr at Rhinebeck, and we coordinated a little contest with a giveaway, and it's a way for you to learn a little bit more about this online marketplace. Here's what Pam says. Fibercrafty is like a 24-hour fiber festival with indie shops dedicated to supplying the fiber community. We have all the features you would expect like yarn and fiber-specific filters, favorites, secure checkout, and a cart jacking prevention system. Fibercrafty is proud to support indie businesses in the fiber community. It's also a business owned by one woman who has a crazy love of knitting. Pam's giveaway includes a beautiful Fibercrafty project bag, lip balm, and a gorgeous skein of beautifully hand-spun lace weight yarn. The fiber comes from one of the vendors on Fibercrafty, and I really encourage you to check it out. So I will be providing a contest thread for this on Ravelry and links to Fibercrafty, and I hope that you will check out some of the vendors there and maybe create a link or let Pam know what seems appealing and interesting to you. I know that some of the Yarns at Yin Who listeners are indie dyers or business people, and maybe you are looking for a marketplace to sell your wares online. If so, I will certainly provide Pam's contact information and you can get 
in touch with her if you are interested in business possibilities as well. Once again, that's Fiber Crafty. It's an online marketplace. It's like a 24-hour fiber festival. It's specifically dedicated to products that are for those interested in the fiber arts. And this contest will run into mid-January. I will leave a contest deadline in the thread. Good luck. Acorns jumping off my Chinese house. Two ducks in my spyglass. It's a mighty fine, mighty fine nature thing. It's a mighty fine, mighty fine nature thing. Leaves lay down like a lady, waiting for a naked man. River bends like an elbow, turning stone to sand. It's a It's a sweet nature, a sweet nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing.
Thanks for listening. Music for this episode is so sweet. Music and lyrics by Samuel St. Thomas, performed by Bovine Social Club. Eat well and stay strong as you hone your post-apocalyptic skill set this week. Yeah.